John chapter 13. If you don't have it, it's going to be on the screen. I'm going to read from New King James Version. A um, few questions. Uh, do, do you find yourself having trouble living this Christian life sometimes? Maybe you're in here and you have been uh, a Christian. You've been walking with the Lord maybe just a few years. Or maybe you find that you've been walking with the Lord a number of years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 40 years walking with the Lord. And, and there's times where you just say, man, it, it, it's, it's, it's supposed to be easier than this, right? Isn't, isn't that what all the people say? Like being a Christian, like do you have some times where, you know, we're really good uh, at church sometimes telling the stories of, hey, here's this person. They were hooked on drugs. They were hooked on uh, whatever it was, they were addicted to these things and they got saved and set free and God just completely changed their life and then it's just their whole life turned around the next day. But then there's a whole group of people that we don't talk about. There's a the group of people that, man, they got saved and they believe in Jesus and we love Jesus, but it didn't happen overnight. And we're, we're still struggling with these things. And I... I Two years, five years, ten years, I'm still struggling. See, see the reality with a group this size, uh, whether we want to admit it or not, there's, there's, probably some, there's, there's probably some deep stuff going on in this room. Odds are there's some men and women that are struggling with pornography this morning. You've been struggling with it for years. Uh, may, maybe you've been, you've been just struggling uh, with addiction. Maybe, man, you, you just can't get that alcohol under control. And no matter how hard you try, man, you, you've, been, you've been to rehab more times than you can count. You've done the 12 steps like 24 times. And it's just like, man, and each time you kind of think, maybe the next time. Or, or there's just this addiction in your life and there's something. And, and you love Jesus. And, and, and you're trying not to steal. You're trying not to cheat. Hey, come on, it's tax time now. <laughs> Don't cheat. You're trying not to do these things, but then there's a part of you that, man, man, I believe in Jesus. I know he could do it. I could set me free. I've heard the stories. People have changed their life. God, what is wrong with me? How come I just can't get right? God, how come you're taking so much time with me? Uh, What's the deal? And for some of us, we find that it's a process more than a moment. For some, it just seems like, man, they had this overnight transformation. For others, it just seems like, man, I've been dealing with these things for so long. And, and what happens is, during the process, we, we go through phases, uh, phases of blame. And the first, first phase, phase of blame is, uh, we, begin, we begin to blame others. All of the problems, all of the things that we face, the things we're going through, man, it's always somebody else's fault, right? Or then... We, bra- we blame our family. Well, it's because of my family. Uh, we, we blame our upbringing. Well, th- this was the situation. This is the, the social, the economic class that I was born into. These are the things. This is the, the educational uh, reasons why I am the way I am. And so we begin to blame those. When then we find out that that doesn't work, then we begin to, to blame the church. We blame our pastors. Well, well Lucas, you, don't, you just don't know. Uh, it, it's the pastor's fault. It, it's, it's, ment- it's our mentor's fault. It's these ones that there's deep hurt. And, and then we begin to blame our friends. Man, you, just, you don't know the kind of friends I got, right? My friends are frenemies. You know, you know what a frenemy is, right? 
You don't know if they're a friend or an enemy. So you're a friend of me. I'm not exactly sure where you're at. Some days you're a friend. Some days you're an enemy. You are a friend of me. And it's their fault. They're the reason why I can't get right. And then we find that we blamed others. We blamed our family. We blamed our pastor, our churches, our friends. And then we find ourselves blaming God. Well, God, you can do it for all these other people. How come you can't do it for me? God, it's your fault. How, it's your fault I can't get right. And then eventually we find that we've ran out of people to blame all options. And then we begin to blame ourselves. Well, it's my fault. There's a reason why. It's just me. I'm just not good enough. I just can't do it. Uh, and we beat ourselves up. And some of us find ourselves really frustrated this morning. And we're frustrated not with our friends or pastors or our families or our social economic uh, upbringing or, or even God, but we find ourselves frustrated with us. We're fu- I mean, I'm frustrated with me, right? You're just, man, it's just something about this life that it's, I'm not living the way I, I believe I should be living. Uh, to put it in Old Testament terms, you found yourself taking a lot of trips around the mountain. Again and again. Man, I, I thought I was going to get that test right this time. Again. See, let me put it in terms. See, you thought you were patient, and then family came over. Right? <laughs> there was a family reunion, and all of a sudden you realized, man, I wasn't as patient as I thought I was. Uh, or, or you thought you were humble. Man, I, I'm finally starting to get humble. Yeah. Well, when you think that, something's wrong. But, but you start to think, man, I finally... And then somebody talks down to you. Someone disrespects you. Someone treats you like junk. And all of a sudden you realize, man, you weren't as humble as you thought. Uh, man, you, you, you thought you were loving Man, I just, I love my brothers. Man, y'all are my brothers. We just love you so much. And then someone cuts in line at you at Walmart. Yeah. You see how loving you are then, right? Don't lie. Come on, don't lie, people. It was my turn on that self-checkout. I'll be getting back in the line. And all of a sudden we realize, man, what, what, what is going on? So let's, let's read this portion of Scripture, and hopefully I think God's going to breathe something on it. So John chapter 13 says this. Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into his heart the heart of Judas, uh, Simon's son, or Issachar, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garment, took a towel, girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel in which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter. And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Now Simon Peter said to him, 
Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said, he who, is, who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garment, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Which is kind of an odd question, because he just finished saying, you guys don't understand. Y'all aren't going to understand what's happening, but now he's asking, do you understand? Do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent him greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So here's this, this scene. Jesus is having this, this last meal, this last supper with his disciples. He's getting ready to face the cross. And there's this moment, and this is just going to be a side note. This is another sermon. Uh, but where, where Jesus just says, listen, having all of the power, knowing, knowing good and well that he has come from God, God has put all the power in his hands. What does he choose to do? And he chooses to wash the feet of his disciples. Which is just amazing. So he takes all this power that God has given him, and, and he washes the feet of his disciples. And, and he kind of, he washes his, his feet and, and then asks these questions. Do you understand? You're not going to understand what, what I'm doing, but then do you understand what I'm doing? And they says, well, well it, it's, it's pretty simple. Like, just go and do this. Just go and wash each other's feet. And to which, if you're sitting at the table, you're just kind of, okay. And, and, and we've heard this. We've heard this time after time of, 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 of just washing the disciples' feet. But, but I think sometimes we kind of forget the feet of the people who Jesus was really washing. So we just use this word disciples as if, as if they were all like these awesome guys. But the reality is here, the feet of these men that he was washing, there's all different types of emotions in this room. There's all different types of people among this group of Jesus' friends. First of all, there's John. John is the one that, that, that's writing this portion of Scripture. Uh, John is the humble guy of the bunch. John is the one, even in the writing of his Scriptures, he doesn't even refer to himself as, name, as his name John, but he refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. I mean, John is just awesome. John is the one that we find uh, later on in just a few moments, he is, he is leaning on the breast of Jesus. John, John doesn't get into trouble like Peter does. You know, Peter's chopping off ears. Some of these disciples, I mean, John is, John, we find John at the, the foot of the cross. I mean, John's just like kind of the humble. John is a lovable guy. John's easy to love. John, John it's easy to wash John's feet. You know, I don't know about you, but it, it, it's easy to serve people that I like. If I like you, it, it, it's not too hard. I mean, you remember, some of, some of you guys remember when you were, you were dating, and, and it was just... You, you go, you make that phone call, and she's, oh, I'm just not ready yet. Oh, it's okay, girl. Just take your time. It's all right. I'm just out here chilling in the car. You take all the time you need. Now you fast forward 20 years. Girl, you better hurry up. We're going to miss it. We got reservations. You're sitting out here all day, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Or, 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 you know, back when you're dating. Hey, girl, 
I just called to say I love you. 20 years later. Hey, yo, what time's dinner ready? <laughs> right? Right? So, like, at the beginning, when everything's good, when everything's, oh, man, it's just me and Jesus. And, and, and it's just people, I, I mean, I can, just, I can serve people that I like. But then time goes on, and then it gets a little bit more difficult. Right? Right? But see, John's not the only one at this table. Then you got Peter. And we had this conversation back, back and forth between Peter and Jesus. And which Peter, hey, yo, don't wash my feet, Jesus. Jesus well, listen, if, you, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have a part with me. And so, and Jesus, Peter's first reaction was, well, dude, you know, wash my hands, wash, wash my feet. Wash. And Jesus is kind of like, dude, <laughs> hold on. This ain't a day spa over here. You know, you're already cleaning. Yeah, I mean, just wash your feet. And have you ever met those people that, that, that you love them? But no matter how much you give, they always ask for more. Like, man, you have those times where you just serve somebody. And, man, I just, I just want to bless you. Here's 10 bucks. And their response is, how come it ain't 20? Right? Well, man, I just, man, here's, here, here, here's a shirt, man. I, I just want to bless you. Here's my shirt. Let me have your jacket, too. Right? Those people that, like, no matter what you do, it's just, you, it's going to be more. They need more. I remember there was... And this was something that God had to deal with me early on in the church experience that I've had here. Is, you know, there would be times where uh, the church said, man, we just want to bless these families. We want to bless these couples. And we would do different things. You know, maybe it would be a, a financial gift or maybe it would be just helping somebody at their house or doing these things. Like we would bless people and then they would leave the church. They'd be like, dude, what's up with that? You know, it's not supposed to work that way. And, and I'd kind of, God, you know, what's going on? And then, you know, God would convict me, and he'd be like, hey, well, it's a good thing that you're serving me, and not, oh, yeah, that's right, as unto the Lord. Forgot about that one. And, and but there's something inside you that, man, these Peters, these ones that we forget in just a few moments, Peter's getting ready to deny Jesus three times. Peter washes the feet of the man who's getting ready to, to deny him. Jesus? Dude, I don't know that guy. Have you washed the feet of the person who you know is going to sell you out? The person that you know is going to hurt you? Man, I know I'm called to wash your feet, but not even by the end of today, you're going to deny me three times. Man, that's, that's a whole other type of love. It's a whole other type of love. Uh, I, I know you're going to. I know you're going to hurt me, but, but man. Let me, just, let, me, let me just wash your feet. That's a little bit harder to do. But hard. and, and, then, and then there's Judas. He's really going to sell him out. Judas is already, it's already placed in his heart. And yet Jesus having all the power, all authority, says, man, I'm going to wash your feet too. I'm going to wash your feet too. And see, what's amazing about this is, it's like Peter's the friend that will kind of stab you in the back. I'm going to sell you out later. But Judas is the friend that doesn't stab you in the back. Judas is the friend that the stab in the back comes through a kiss on the cheek. Right? Let me come up to Jesus. Everything's good, Jesus. Boom. He's the one. Because that's what happens in just a few moments. This is the friend of me. This is the man that Jesus has loved and walked with for the last three years. He's poured his life into him. He, he, he's called out 
oh, man, this is, these are the dreams and the visions and the passions that I have for you. And yet he knows that this man is getting ready to sell him out for just, just a few coins. And yet Jesus washes his feet. And so we have this story, right? We have the story of Jesus saying, hey, hey, hey listen, I have all power, all authority, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm just, I'm just going to love you guys. I'm going to love the Johns and, and the Peters and the Judases. And he comes to the end of the story and says this, uh, for, for I have given you example that you should do as I have done. In other words, okay, go and do that. Go and do that. See, what happens is, oftentimes we've come to church and, and we're, we're very apt in this knowledge that, listen, we don't live under the law. Uh, we, we, could, we could turn back to the Old Testament. Uh, 613 laws, I believe, throughout the Old Testament. These are the things. This is how you find good standings with God. Uh, all of these things. There's Ten Commandments. There's all these laws in Leviticus. These are the things in which you find that you can be a good follower of God. And to which, obviously, they are impossible. Jesus comes on the scene and fulfills all those laws. He takes it and he reduces it down to this. Listen, just love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Just love God, love others. So all of these like summed up in this one, in this one thing. Matter of fact, there in Luke, I believe it's chapter 10, where there's this conversation that he's having with uh, a lawyer and, and this conversation goes back and forth. Well, well, what is it? What can I do? How can I inherit eternal life? What it, who is my neighbor? What, all of these things come up and Jesus just boils out. Well, listen, just, just love like this. Just love like this. And, and he tells his disciples, hey, listen, just, just love like this. And so we often come to church and we have this experience and, and we're taught that, well, th- this is how you become a good Christian. good Christian. Well, you just love like this. And somewhere along the line, we began to believe that that was possible. Just hold on for a second. I see, give me a minute. We began to believe, oh, man. But, but what, what's happened is we've traded 613 other laws for this one law, but the thing is both are impossible. You, you could only love John for so long. You could only love Peter for so long. You could only love Judas for so long. And so on the surface, it kind of seems like Jesus is saying, listen, just love how I love. Just go out there and just love people. And so we try to do that. We try to leave these doors, and then we're just going to love people, right? We're just going to love our neighbors. We're just going to love God. But we keep failing, right? So, so we're going to do a big church outreach. And, and for the next, next 40 days, you're, you, all you're going to do, you are, you're going to go out and just love your community. You're going to love your neighbor. You're going to love your wife. You're going to love people. And we're going to, yeah, we're going to do it. And maybe some of us are somewhat successful, but and this, we're talking about a whole life of this, a whole life of, man, just, just, just love. Man, just just wash, wash the feet. Wash the feet of Jesus, Judas. Even though, wash the feet of Peter. And we've missed something. We've missed something. So we've taken all of these other laws, and we've traded it for one law that we think but the reality is we can't accomplish this either. Have you ever even noticed in Matthew 5 where Jesus comes and said, he's, he's talking about those that have said of old and he's talking about some of the laws that they said. Listen, they said these are those, that you shouldn't commit adultery. But this is what I say to you. Don't even, don't even think about it. Because if you do it in your heart, you're guilty of it. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a whole lot more difficult than not doing it. 
okay, I, 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 can, I can maybe be good enough to not commit adultery. I can maybe lift out the rest of my days in such a way that I don't cheat on my wife. Yes, awesome. But then Jesus comes on the scene and says, listen, if you even think about it, you're guilty. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is way harder. This is way harder. And then this, this is the new way I'm bringing to you guys. Just love one another. Love God. Love others. And, and somewhere along the line, we thought, well, we, we, we could do that. Because there's this, there's this moment here where Jesus says this. In, in verse 34. This new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And this, this is a really interesting thing that Jesus would say. And oftentimes we read this simply as like, okay, well, this is the new commandment. This, this is the commandment. Just love people. Right? And, and it even repeats itself. Just love one another. That you would also love one another. Man, okay. And what happens is we forget that little thing in between the commas that says, as I have loved you. See, the commandment in itself has no power. The commandment in itself is just, hey, hey go, out, go out from these walls and just try to love people, just, just love others. But you can't do that. See, the only way that you can do that is the realization that you can only do it through what he has already done to you, that as I have loved you. See, you can only love because you first have been loved. And so you realize that, listen, I'm trying to love these Peters and Judases and John, but but to be honest with you, Lord, they're getting on my nerves. It's it's hard enough to love the people that I love, let alone loving my enemies. I mean, I, I love my wife. I love my kids. Man, they get on my nerves sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> right? I'll be in the shower. You better take that wheel. It's hard enough. But, but once I realize, and, and here's what I'm getting to. What's happened is we've taken our Christian walk, and we've taken this commandment, and we base our life upon our love for Jesus. We try to find our sense of belonging and our sense of security and our sense of accomplishment in the fact that we love Jesus. And when we do that, we get it backwards. Because the reality is, you can't love Jesus the way that he, You fall short. Time and time again. But he didn't. And so everything in me is based on the fact, not that I love Jesus, but based on the fact that he loves me. <laughs> He loves me. That Jesus loves you. It's something that we just say all the time. Jesus loves you. But do we really understand what that means? Because what that means is, man, the fact that Jesus loves me, he loves me right where I am. He loves me as messed up as I am. He loves me and he knows I can't love like this. But there's only one way that through his love, through his love, I can wash the feet of Judas. Through his love, I could wash the feet of Peter. Through his love, I could wash the feet of John. 
I could wash these people's feet, not because of my love towards them, but because of his love towards me. And see, that changes everything. That changes everything about it. It's no longer me trying to be this good Christian, trying to live this good Christian life that's traded in 613 other commandments for this one commandment that I think I can live by if I could just love people. But the fact is I can't, and I need his help, and you need his help, as I have loved you. As I have loved you. And and for so long, and maybe this is just for me this morning. And and so if you're in here and you're kind of like, yeah, I knew that. Maybe it's just for me because it's just God's been revealing to me just his love for me. And and I find myself alongside all these other men and women in the Bible that when they, they come in contact with the Holy God, their first reaction is, well, God, you are holy I am not. Take the cold. Cleanse my lips. Here I am. I I fell down before the Lord as if I was dead. I mean, all these times when people come in contact with God, there's a realization, He is God. You are not. And there's this realization that God, man, you love me. You died for me. You love me. Jesus loves you. I, I was in my car this week. And I just began to sing, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, he does. And I just sang it over and over, Jesus loves me. Just close your eyes for a moment. Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, he does. Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, yes. Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, yes. Not the person that you're going to be right now. Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, he does. Jesus loves you right where you're at. You can't be good enough. Jesus loves you. We are broken. We are in desperate need of a Savior. No matter how good you think you are. We are broken and swimming in an ocean of just complete death. And Jesus came down and said, I love you. I love you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. There is absolutely nothing in this life that makes me worthy other than the fact that yes, Jesus loves me. And that's why John can write this gospel and say, the one whom Jesus loved. It's not about me.
It's about the one who loves me. You can't be a good enough husband. You can't be a good enough wife. You can't be a good enough employee. You can't be a good enough Christian. Jesus loves you. 